listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. And you can discuss today's readings over on the Facebook group, the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. Today is day number 88, and we are reading from Book 2, Chapter 23, Paragraphs 779 to 784. 779. Accordingly, the text continues, She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her bread from afar. As this visible world is called an unquiet and stormy sea, those that live upon it are tossed about upon it, can appropriately be called ships. All are engaged in this navigation in order to earn their bread, namely the sustenance and the maintenance of this life which is meant by bread. That vessel brings its bread from the farthest distance, which is farthest from what it is to procure, and that which spends more labor upon it gains the more, since it brings it from afar by so much the greater difficulty. There is a sort of agreement between God and man, that while they as servants cultivate the earth and work upon it in the sweat of their brow, making use of the secondary causes by which the Lord of all succors them, the earth in return should sustain man and pay for him for his perspiration and labor. What happens in regard to this temporal contract happens also in regard to the spiritual, namely that he who does not work shall also not eat. 780. Among all the children of Adam, most holy Mary was the rich and prosperous merchant ship, which brought her own and our bread from afar. No one ever was so discreetly diligent and zealous in the government of her house, no one so solicitous for that which in divine prudence she deemed necessary for its support and for succoring the need. She merited and earned all this by the most prudent solicitude, by which she brought it from afar, for she was far removed from our vicious nature and from all its doings. How much she thus acquired, merited, and distributed to the needy ones is impossible to conceive, but still more estimable and admirable was the spiritual and living bread, which she drew down from heaven for us. For she not only drew it from the bosom of the Father, whence it would not have descended, if it had not been drawn by this valiant woman, but it would never have come to this world so greatly unworthy of it, if it had not been brought in the ship of Mary. Although she could not, as a mere creature, merit the advent of God into the world, yet she merited the hastening of his advent, and she merited that she should come in the rich ship of her womb. For since God could not take a boat in any other inferior to her in merit, she alone induced him to become visible, and to communicate himself, and to nourish those who were so far off. 781. And she hath risen in the night and given prey to her household, and victuals to her maidens. Not less laudable is this activity of the valiant woman that she deprived herself of the repose and sweet rest of the night in order to govern her family, directing her domestics, her husband, her sons and relations, and also her servants to perform their duties and all that is necessary for the welfare of their family. This kind of valor and prudence does not look upon night as the time for disengaging itself and forgetting in sleep its duties and obligations. Withdrawal from work should not be sought merely to satisfy a whim, but as a necessary means for returning to it so much the more ardently. Our queen was truly admirable in this prudent kind of economy. Although she had no servants in her family, 
because her love of obedience and humility did not permit her to charge anyone but herself with the servile duties of the house. Nevertheless, in the care of her most holy son and for her spouse Joseph, she rendered the most vigilant service, and never was she guilty of any remissness, forgetfulness, tardiness, or inadvertency in providing what was necessary for them, as I shall have occasion to relate in the whole of the succeeding discourse. 7.82 But what tongue could ever describe the untiring watchfulness of this valiant woman? She arose and was on her feet in the night, when divine secrets were still withheld from her heart, in the hidden darkness of the mystery of her matrimony, she lived in vigilant hope of its unravelment, attentive to execute humbly and obediently whatever was commanded to her. She provided all the necessary nourishment for her domestics and servants, namely her interior faculties and her exterior senses, and distributed to each one of its sustenance in the labor of the day, so that while they were engaged in the outward service, the spirit might not find itself needy and unprovided for. She commanded the faculties of her soul to follow the inviolable rule of seeking its sustenance from the light of the divinity, of being incessantly occupied in the ardent meditation and contemplation of the holy law day and night, never allowing it at any time to be withdrawn therefrom by exterior work or occupation of her state of life. This was the government and the nourishment of the servants of her soul. 783. Also to the other servants, the exterior senses, she distributed their legitimate occupation and nourishment, making use of the jurisdiction which she possessed over these faculties. She commanded that, as servants, they serve the spirit, that though in the world they be dead to it and ignore its vanities and live solely in as far as was necessary for nature and grace, that they be not taken up with sensible delights, except in so far as the superior part of the soul should allow and communicate by its overflowing influence. She placed boundaries and limits to all their operations, so that without the slightest imperfection they were appropriated to the sphere of divine love, all of them serving and cooperating with it, without resistance, unwillingness, or tardiness. 784. In another way she also arose and governed her domestics, for there was another kind of night in which this valiant woman rose and other servants of which she provided. She arose in the night of the ancient law and the obscure dawn of the future light. She came into the world at the decline of that night and with ineffable foresight. She proffered and distributed the nourishment of grace and of eternal life to all her domestics and to the servants, namely her own people, so that the rest of the human race to the holy fathers and the just of her own nation and to the sinners, slaves, and captives of all the world and she gave it so truly and so fully that the nourishment was taken from her own substance and from her own blood, since it originated in her virginal womb. This concludes our reading today for day number 88. We have been reading from chapter 23, paragraphs 779 to 784. Two things that really spoke to me in today's reading. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her bread from afar. This was in number 779. And then this sentence. As this visible world is called an unquiet and stormy sea, those that live upon it are tossed about upon it, can appropriately be called ships. And as we hear this, for me, it immediately evokes the idea that Mary is the star of the sea. That if we are in this stormy world with unquiet waters, 
and a stormy sea, that the church is our ark, our boat that is navigating the sea, well then, the church is being guided by the prayers of Mary. The church looks up to the star of Mary and says, Mary, lead me to Jesus. And so in the storms of our life, we look up at that star and she is guiding us. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth bread from afar. Well, she's like the star guiding the merchant ship too, in my own personal reflection. And then there's this idea too, and it's heard in Proverbs 31. I don't know if we got to the verse yet or where she's bringing this in, but we hear in Proverbs 31 that she distributes the things to the poor and the needy. And we hear that a little bit in 782. She arose and was on her feet in the night, when divine secrets were still withheld from her heart. And in the hidden darkness of the mystery of her matrimony, she lived in vigilant hope of its unravelment. Attentive to execute humbly and obediently whatever was commanded to her, she provided all the necessary nourishment for her domestics and servants, namely her interior faculties and, and her exterior senses, and distributed to each one its sustenance in the labor of the day. Again, we've talked about this in the past 87 days a few different times, that we talked about Mary as, as the distributrix of grace, that God chooses to mediate grace, that she distributes grace. And so in Proverbs 31, Mary is the woman who is distributing the provisions for those that they need. And so God is giving us the grace we need and is using the Blessed Virgin Mary in that process. Again, I never would have thought to apply Proverbs 31 to the Blessed Mother. But I'm so grateful that the Lord prompted Maria of Agreda. Go back to how this began, our chapter, chapter number 23. It began with this introduction, an explanation of chapter 23 of the Proverbs of Solomon to which the Lord referred me regarding the life of the Most Holy Mary. And then she says, in order to give me some insight into her holy thoughts at this time, the Lord referred me to the last chapter of Proverbs, in which Solomon outlined the virtues of Our Lady. And so the Lord refers her, and she doesn't say how the Lord refers her. Maybe the Lord referred her that she heard the voice of the Lord. Maybe the Lord Jesus appeared to her. I don't discount that within the realm of possibility. But I wonder... If Maria of Agreda, who is sitting in that chapel of the monastery in Spain, as she opens up the sacred word of God and is reading Proverbs 31, that God speaks to her heart through the words of sacred scripture. And she says, this is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then the Lord continues to inspire her in that prayerful reflection on the word of God. I know for myself that there are passages of the Gospels. Uh, there's one Lenten Gospel that we hear about this tree that isn't bearing fruit, and so the gardener wants to cut it down, but someone begs him, no, no, leave it for another year. Well, I see that as Mary in a sense, that Mary is the gardener. No, give me one more year. Let me try to produce fruit. Isn't that what Marian apparitions are? That's my own reflection on that Gospel, that Mary is saying to her son, don't cut down that tree yet. Give them one more year to convert. Let me continue to give a message. Let them hear my message. 
allow my messengers that I've spoken in different apparitions to change their lives. And then that tree is going to bear fruit. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.